Aloha Maui. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is uh, this on. is Josh Porter uh, with the Solar Coaster. Welcome, folks. Going to be a great show here today. Who are you? Who am I? Jason Burkhardt. I'm the one trying to get you excited here, and you're just like, <laughs> just so not, not going to have it. Okay. This is uh, this is episode 94. Uh, this is actually, uh, I would say, uh, practically speaking, one of the m- most important episodes because once you get a solar system, you want it to work over what time. Do you, what do you do after that? <laughs> and how do you take care of this? This is an area that's often kind of neglected in the conversation, right? Sure. It's, oh, it'll, I'm sure it'll work out forever. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they've, they've got a warranty and whatever else, and you just hope it's there. Uh, you do get reporting if you have a system that does report. <laughs> if your envoy is working. <laughs> if your envoy is working, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we're talking about operating maintenance. Yep. And uh, there are some custom, uh, some companies out there that are doing this and are really doing very well uh, with this out there. So we're going to be able to hear from uh, CEO uh, Derek Chase from Sun System Technology, uh, a couple of mutual friends out there uh, in California. And very excited to hear kind of how this all fits together and where uh, where this is going and kind of what this, uh, you know, uh, how people can protect themselves. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like having a car. You know, you do it'll run great in the beginning, but that, over time you need to do some maintenance on it and uh it's what these guys specialize in so yes we'll hear all about it yes 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 so okay so hey folks uh we are the solar coaster a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely maui county yes it is uh we are uh, found right here uh call 11 10 a.m at fridays at 105 p.m also some fm stations 96.7 fm central maui 96.5 fm west side and 98.7 fm up country Got a website, www.solar-coaster.com. You can listen live. Uh, occasionally, we do some streaming. It's almost ready here. We can really get back on streaming every single oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but check the blog tab. We put a lot of stuff up on the blog and the Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, most importantly, I've reconfirmed that the mailing list slash question slash uh, I need solar uh, question box on all the pages now. Uh, you can go in there. If you're interested in solar, let us know uh, through the main website solar-coaster.com and we'll put you in touch with an installer locally here that we know uh who can who can help you out Hmm. also available on podcasts itunes stitcher and TuneIn. all carry the solar coaster if you go hey siri play me the solar coaster podcast uh, Josh does it pretty much every day. He likes listening to himself. And, <laughs> and, uh, but it'll, it'll pull us right up. So do that. Okay. okay. <laughs> the Solar Coaster is sponsored by Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, LG Chem, great group of companies that have helped the Solar Coaster kind of stay on air. And so it's six episodes away from 100 right now. So... Here yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. When, what, what are we doing for the uh, the hundred hundredth show? Uh, big brouhaha for okay. sure. For All sure. right, let's do that. This is a call in show, folks. If you'd like to give us a call and stump us or ask us questions, eight zero eight two four two seven eight hundred is the call in line. It's eight zero eight two four two seven eight hundred. Let's go over to our Pantech Design Minute. Pantech Design Minute: Security. The security of your family and your home is always the most important thing on your mind, especially when an emergency strikes. With most standard security systems, when the power's out, you're vulnerable. But with a home battery and Pantex Adapt System Keeping Watch, you can rest easy knowing you're safe. Imagine, a typhoon hits and the power goes out. Adapt leaps into action, doing all the normal things it does, turning off unnecessary appliances, turning on but dimming lighting for safety and visibility, but now also locking doors, turning on motion sensors, and reporting to you when security events take place. What good is a security system if it doesn't function when you need it most? In this new era of home energy automation, Pantech Design's ADAPT system helps you protect the most important things in your life, your home and family. Pantech's ADAPT system is compatible with a wide range of security equipment. For more information, visit PantechDesign.com. Very cool. I, I I forget recording that one, <laughs> but it's but it's really neat. You get this confluence. I mean, it's, they all sound kind of similar. I mean, when something goes awry in the world, um, the system is there to kind of help you out, and and that's really comes from that confluence. This this the, the home automation stuff has been there forever, but just like your regular solar system, you know, if, if, if the power's out, you're down. Well, now with the home, the integration of the home battery system, you can really make everything kind of work all together and protect yourself with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. It's really cool. I'm excited to uh, to actually get a chance to step into a ADAPT-powered... Uh, oh, we've got a question. All right, call in line. Thank goodness. Yep. Hello, you're on the <laughs> air with the solar coaster. Hello. Hello. Hi, can yeah, you hear us okay? 
Yeah, can you hear me? Sure can. Thanks for calling. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Do you have a question for us? Yes. Um, our roof was with all the rain. We have like six leaks, so we had the insurance come out, and they're going to, they said there's wind damage, and they're going to replace our entire roof. So that's great. We have to find a roofer. But then my husband was talking about solar. Mm -hmm. Like, can we, um, is there a roofer who also does solar? You know, that's a great question. Thanks so much for that. And if it's okay, we'll take, we'll give you the answer offline. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All righty. So, uh, yeah, you know, what's it, what's interesting about this, obviously roofs and solar are kind of like interact- very, very much intertwined. Intertwined, yes. you know. So the, the, there's a, thanks for the call as well, caller. I really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, when you're replacing your roof, um, in this case sounds like there's been some damage, it's a perfect time to do solar. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes uh, there are roofing contractors and solar contractors that work hand in hand. Uh, and uh, you can also, when you're doing it, depending on the type of technology that you're working with, uh, a lot of the times they'll have kind of like a step-by-step -step where they're, they, they go in, they, they remove the old roof, they put in the new roof, and like, at a certain stage, they're going to go in and put in the, um, the penetrations uh, and in order to kind of interact with that with that time frame, right? So that's one way. You have two companies that kind of go hand in hand and work generally, together. Generally, it is two companies, right? I mean, there's somebody yeah. that specializes in roofing, and then there's somebody that specializes in solar. And you don't necessarily want to ask your roofer to wire up all the electrical in your house. It's not their specialty. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And then there are some companies out there that go. That, like, um, we're seeing companies expand into both both areas of business, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So there are other companies out there that are doing that. And then the third kind of, I guess, section of that conversation is, of course, the Tesla solar roof. I knew you were going to bring and that up. Yeah. So the there issue, are the issue with that is you can't get it. So I mean, right. it sounds like they're, they've got some real issues. They're already leaking, and I don't think they'd be able to wait the year or two for Tesla to get off their butt. <laughs> right, right. So, so you, yeah. So you've, and you also have some companies nationally, like GAF, I think was the name of it, mm -hmm. major roofing companies that are getting into and actually creating their own kind of technology. But once again, I, I, had, I don't think it's available in Maui today. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So you want to you want to find a get 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 a roofer who knows their job. Get a solar company who knows their job. Chances are they've heard of each other before because a lot of times what happens is the solar company you'll call a solar installer and they'll get there. They'll do their site survey. They'll take a look at your roof and say, you know what, this is getting old. It doesn't make sense to put solar on it because you know right. you already have issues with the roof. So they would replace the roof first and actually go through the same process that the caller was talking about. It was just replace the roof and at the right point in the installation of the roof, they would start adding the solar components. Yep. So a uh, short answer to this here in Maui today is call two companies, Roofer and a, uh, a solar provider, and make yep. sure they're playing nice. <laughs> yeah. Any any particular uh, recommendations? Uh, not really. Not, 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 I mean, not there's really. there's probably about four roofers that I've worked with over the years, and I don't actually, their names aren't. You can give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then um, <laughs> maybe we'll have my. We're actually talking about doing a, a, roofing, a roofing show, show. Yeah. and uh, then talking about the different types of roofs. That's actually another consideration, caller. You know, some of uh, my clients and friends, when they re roof, if there is an opportunity to consider a different type of roof it, uh, that may interact really well with solar, for example, standing, standing seam metal is yeah. a favorite uh, because you're not penetrating really at all uh, where all of those connections are. It's a clamp, it, 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 it kind of pinches on and holds on rather than penetrating. So uh, there are there are options in terms of uh, what types of roofs you go for. We are going to um, we are going to have that roofing show shortly. So thanks yep. again, caller. Really appreciate. It. I hope that was helpful for you. Uh, we're going to jump over to our news and events now. All right, right away. Global news. Uh, solar energy. How China's space-bound station will beam power down to Earth. Now this is, sounds like a future-focused thing, and I think we've actually discussed it before in um, in our future-focused segment where we have these large space-based installations who are out there above the atmosphere collecting oh solar 24 7 so fun. and then just how do you get it back well i guess china's been listening to the radio show clearly <laughs> clearly, clearly clearly because because there are going, some awesome yeah. pictures here well, get some renderings. Uh, some, some renderings, but actually, I mean, this is this is a conversation that's been going uh, going on since the mid '70s. You know, the Arab oil embargo way back, way back when. Um, NASA was going through the process of trying to figure out if they could get this to work. They were already running um, a lot of their space-based stuff off solar. They knew it was effective. Uh, they def they were getting high high yields from little tiny right. cells with lenses, right. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and they they wanted to be able to figure out how to do it. It really turned out to be kind of 
um, un unobtainable at the time. This is this is what 40, 50 years mm -hmm. ago now. Technology, um, and we all know technology goes way too fast. But they're going. China is going to be has committed to putting up a small station by twenty thirty. Right That's right around the corner. Right it really, corner. really is. How they're going to beam it back is still under question. There's basically two big types: uh, either laser, mm -hmm. which is a laser beam that you would be focusing on a, a, a receiver on the other end that would be able to turn it back into electricity, or microwave. Microwave is the safer of the two. I mean, having large gigawatt space-based lasers pointing at your planet <laughs> isn't necessarily a good thing. Uh, microwave, they they claim, can be done without irradiating anybody, anybody to, to any real level, but you need to have a collector that's literally miles wide. Uh, both yeah. both have kind of some pros and cons. Collector meaning receiving the energy. A receiving on the earth. a microwave receiver on the Earth would be miles wide to receive mm. the radiation at a, a level that wouldn't be harmful to humans. Now let me ask you a really obvious question because I was reading this and I was trying to get a sense for if this is the case. Is this unit is it geosynchronous or is it moving around? Uh, it would geosynchronous means it's always locked in place. Locked in place above a particular place. It would not be. It would actually be out and stationary. So as the planet revolves, it would be beaming to different places where the receivers. So there are would located. be like there would be global like receiving sections. Right. And it would be intermittent. It would kind of go. Okay, there's we'll one of from, them. We're going to shoot here, it from yeah, there. Shoot from there. Shoot from there. Shoot from there. But then if you have multiples around the planet, you right. can actually hit more any, frequently any, any, anywhere you right. like. You can even have one behind your behind you but out of out of the earth's shadow mm -hmm. that would be able to hit the dark side so, so. you've like a, yeah okay so so yeah. it says twenty two thousand miles above earth mm -hmm. uh and then 99 percent of the time it will be up and running it's expected that to weigh a staggering 1,000 tons. Uh, Which costs a tremendous amount in, in today's today's money. And they're talking about 3D printing it up there, right? That, Which, was, that was a big conversation, yeah. There's, there's a lot of this, This um, how, do, how do we get uh, to be a more space-based society? Well, it really costs a tremendous amount of energy to get out of the gravity well of the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be a whole lot easier to go to the moon per se, let's say, and manufacture stuff there because the gravity is so much less, or even just hard grab an asteroid. I mean, we're going to go hang out on the moon, mm -hmm. we're going to 3D print this thing, and then we're going to chuck it into the orbit? Yes. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> we're doing, okay, let's just, I'm going to say this thought, first. Thought, it's 2022. We're, news, we're yeah. doing a, a solar coaster episode from the moon, Gary, yeah. uh, while they're manufacturing this thing, I, I, in, I said it in first. In 2030, okay. All right. <laughs> we have to be on air a few more years for that. Can we just talk about this for the rest of the show? Because this is really my no, favorite Oh, no. I mean, it, it, it is so, so forward-looking. The issue is... Is that they've really committed to do this thing and they plan on having the full many many gigawatts worth of installation done by the 2050 deadline i love it i love it i love it okay back to earth back to earth um what are we talking about puerto now? Rico. Um, <laughs> so in puerto rico actually there's a you know so we of course just to recap there was a major hurricane in, her, in Puerto Rico was a year and a half ago now, something mm, like more, that, yeah. two years ago, yeah. and um, knocked out I and mean, just destroyed the electric grid. Mm -hmm. And so the entire island is pretty much summarily mm -hmm. down electricity-wise, right? There's not much going on. Yeah. And uh, the, then everyone kind of comes out and starts uh, trying to re rebuild. And then, of course, solar takes hold, right? Mm -hmm. But there had been a lot of solar systems deployed. There was, there was solar before. Yeah. This is a tropical island. There's a lot of solar. It's, it's very similar to Hawaii in that respect, where, where it's a great location to have solar right 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 so it's a and so but during that period a lot of people got solar prior to this mm -hmm. uh, this weather event uh, those those con those uh, systems were not typically storage based systems they were uh, net metering old, systems old yep. straightforward systems right and when this when the um, when the hurricane came it knocked out the grid and these systems didn't operate Correct, right. which is which is normal. We we know that's unfortunately the case. If you don't have local storage or a way to island, which is what it's called, uh, when when you cut yourself off, but your solar system still produces on its own, uh, then it'll shut down. And it's actually a safety issue because if you are sitting there and producing power from your system and it's actually going back up the lines, and they have somebody trying to repair the lines, it can you can kill somebody. So, right. so it's designed to shut down so that they can do repairs. Uh, and that's mostly because the power grid was originally engineered as a one-way system. Right, and it sounds like there's been some legal back and forth between one of the major providers who we uh, know yep. and some of the clients out there or some of the uh, homeowners that install these systems. And it looks like the, 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 the kind of... Uh, uh, gist of the issue is that they were surprised that their solar didn't work when the when there wasn't a grid there. Uh, yes and no. I, I see. I dug in a little deeper on this, and it actually turns out that they were 
kind of sold a bill of goods. They were they were they were given a tablet thing mm, yeah. and said just sign on the dotted line, and they were subscribed to uh, under contract to a PPA. A PPA is a power purchase agreement, which means you pay a different company so much for your power they own it's basically like a lease option mm -hmm. so you don't pay, pay out of pocket for the solar the company puts the solar on your roof wow. and you're buying the solar power from the company instead of your local utility it's okay. interesting they, i mean the language right there is pretty straightforward they're saying that they they signed on a on a tablet mm -hmm. and they took that signature and put it on a contract but the clients remarkably hadn't seen the contract they hadn't seen the contract this was allegedly a credit check only but they actually Oof. put that signature on the contract that is something. and worse and worse than that they were told a lot of things if you go into all the all the, the actual um, conversations with all the, the the owners they were told well you're going to make it so much energy that you'll be able to leave your, your appliances on all day long you know leave your ac, AC on uh, all day long buffing. because it's solar um you're going to be able to do all this stuff and their their bill went up not down you know they were supposed to save 30 percent mm. and if anything they were getting they were getting larger bills like to the tunes of 16 hundred dollars <laughs> instead is, of is that right is that what that that yeah. is a sixteen hundred dollar yeah, bill, that's a 1600 bill. so so it was really really unfortunate and it seems like I mean, this is a texas-based company that um had a lot of local companies there repping for it and it seems like mm -hmm. there's a kind of a disconnect between this the original the, the owner of the ppa and their little sales organizations that they had a relationships with on the ground so they're all suing each other now <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is really a shame because, you know, there's um, there's a lot of opportunity here for uh, people to save money, to go green, for businesses to uh, to thrive and to create employment. So there's a lot of opportunities there. But when this type of thing happened, it really is kind well, of a... It leaves you a bad taste yeah. in your mouth for the whole industry. Um, and it's and it's very unfortunate because with it's just about setting expectations. You know, I mean, you yeah. don't you don't tell somebody, well, you're going to be able to leave your appliances. You can't. There's no way unless you own an entire field full of solar panels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just you can't you can't generate that amount of energy on your roof. And so you be conservative, be green, get the LED lights, et cetera, et cetera. Get a better uh, Energy Star rated refrigerator or air conditioner or something and, and do those things in the right way. This is, you, can definitely, you can definitely save money. Yeah. You can definitely do it. This is really a, a caveat emptor kind of thing here. Sure. Uh, when, you know, if something uh, sounds too good to be true, you got to take a real close look at the details and know what you're uh, getting, getting yeah, into. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to call foul on the uh, alleged credit oh, check. Geez and putting their name on a contract that they didn't that they that's never nuts. saw that's absurd that's nuts <clears throat> okay shall we jump over to suge yeah we should Shug. so Shug, when do we get to the talk to this guy we've been back and forth on email a couple times but yeah he's just got dan, a, dan sugar. sugar uh the bono of solar so um this is a gorgeous article in pv magazine usa um talking all about um solar rock stars i think they stole that from us we've been talking about solar rock stars for a while <laughs> Everyone tries but, he, to but he is but he is, he is very very much a solar rock star in every way because he's he's an annual participant in the solar battle of the bands how come we didn't get an invite to that either no no wait wait wait, <laughs> wait, wait. this thing we've seen the battle of the bands that is yeah. a, is at spi right yeah and we saw that um that this last spi we were there yeah we did uh, and the previous SPI, I don't know if we went to it then, but I mean, I didn't realize he was presumably pe playing yeah. uh, there. And yeah. so, yeah, we would have been nice to be able to talk to him. Um, the really nice guy, he signs his emails, Shug, yeah. which I just think is great. Yep. And uh, he's the CEO of, of Next Tracker, right, Jay? Yep, that's correct. So Next Tracker is a um, company that manufactures uh, tracking systems. So if you think about those large fields full of solar panels out there, um, a tracker is, is the one that makes the panels follow the sun as it goes across the sky, that, that heliotroping. Uh, right. That's that's for sunflowers and such. Right. But just tracking the sun as it goes. Uh, and they've had tremendous success coming from pretty much nothing as a startup to one of the premier tracker companies in the industry. Uh, and now kind of getting some special stuff. This is the reason why we're trying to talk to him because because of the bifaciality kind of conversation. Yeah, we yeah, and he talks, panels. he gets into uh, some of the, the specifics and I'm sure when he's on the show, we'll be able to hear directly from him about this, but about, you know, the, how to make bifacials work uh, optimally with trackers, with certain configurations, mm -hmm. uh, with certain reflectivities in the back. So that's really exciting. I think this is kind of the, the big future conversation for a lot of these guys, and they seem to be leading in that area. So this article here tells you his story, right? It's a great story. 
story. It talks about how he had a successful exit from one of these companies, how he built another company. And he's kind of this uh, leader for a long time, uh, for 20, 30, 40 years or something like that in this industry. So Yeah, he used to work for pg and as an electrician. Yeah. When, <laughs> when did he start? In the 80s, right? Yeah. yeah it was back yeah. in the 80s. So yeah, we're going to get a chance to hear from him. But if you do want to learn a little bit before that, please check him out. Uh, this is in the PV Magazine article, Kilowatt Analytics, Solar 100 Stand Sugar, the Bono of Solar. Pound sign. Oh, pound sign. Yes. Okay. Was it about Tesla a little bit or what? Yeah. You want to talk about Tesla? We, we do a little bit, a little segment every time. Um, this is a an older kind of conversation for me, but it's making the news again in Bloomberg. Uh, Tesla batteries are in short supply for many solar installers. So this is, yeah, this is not new. Uh, we've been trying to get batteries, uh, Tesla being that golden boy of the renewable age everybody everybody wants tesla product whether it's the vehicle or the power wall yeah. or whatever <laughs> else and they simply don't make they, they can't make enough of them it's 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 like tickle me elmo tickle me elmo <laughs> you just can't get them you can't get them when you want them um, right. and then you don't want it anymore but oh, <laughs> but the the um the, they've not been able to manufacture enough batteries and because of the demand for the vehicle and the v and remember these vehicle batteries are generally like three or four times larger than your average home battery they all use those same cells yeah. but it's it's just capacity wise so these these carbs the car batteries they need they can make one car out of four power walls worth of generation they've, they've basically rerouted a whole lot of their battery manufacturing capacity to the vehicle side so, so they're not making well why aren't they just buying more batteries from panasonic proper I don't think Panasonic can make that many either. <laughs> I mean, it's it's they have the, the one factory. It's co-owned between Tesla and, and Panasonic. Well, one they factory domestically, right? I'm sure, sure they have factories in Japan and throughout the world. I mean, you would think they'd be ramping up. It just came from back. They from are. Meeting. They are. Every everybody is ramping up, but right. it's a matter of how long does it take to truly put stuff together on an industrial scale, and it, the answer yeah. is it takes time. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so Tesla batteries are in short supply. I, I think we'll see more of them coming up. Uh, we did get that call from uh, LG's Lin Tran saying that yep. LG last year made some shifts from their other industries to home batteries. So mm -hmm. they now have a lot of home batteries. If, if another manufacturer is is of interest to you, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty similar mm -hmm. in how they operate. So if you have any interest in a home battery, I do, I urge you don't just go Tesla, 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 look at all the options because there are pros and cons for everybody. And, and they, they do operate differently in some cases. Batteries are du jour right now. Okay, great. Sure. So let's jump over to Albedo, my favorite new word. <laughs> <laughs> What's albedo, Jay? Well, you know what your albedo is. Um, no, albedo <laughs> is... facial albedo. Yes, yes, we're talking about <laughs> Sounds the, like the reflection. <laughs> albedo is defined as the reflection uh, <clears throat> off the ground, the, the amount of energy off the ground coming back, and specifically in this case to the reflectivity to hit the backside of a bifacial panel. Now, right. you know, these bifacial panels, really cool. If you've ever seen the uh, the MSP solar trailer, mm -hmm. had some uh, some gorgeous sunpreme, and I think there's still a picture on the website as well. Look for me holding yeah, the, and the holding the large yeah. panel. It literally is two sheets of glass laminated together yeah. with all the cells in between. But that means the light can hit it on the front or the back. Right. And generally speaking, um, even even on the mainland, you get between 13, 15% boost in power because it's getting the reflection off whatever it happens to be, your roof. If it's a carport situation, it's <clears throat> reflecting off the ground. Uh, so the question a, is how much can how you much, get? Right? And that's albedo. So, uh, well, how, mu yeah, how much are you getting? Percent reflectivity. And the NREL is now <clears throat> sponsoring the creation of a large database. They're asking the industry for help on, on putting this together so they can get an entire um, database of national database of how much to expect because that's the that's been the question the whole time so well, bifacials order, yeah. are great but how much well, more how much more it, am i going you, to get yeah. we don't know yeah. and it's specific to each and every little instance <laughs> you know what's neat here they have a little uh, a little chart a little like a picture a graph and it's uh, shows albedo from zero to 100 left to right yep and it shows different types of surface that could be beneath yeah water's like five percent water's five percent <laughs> forest about maybe ten percent sand yeah. which is your earth average is about thirty percent uh, they actually have the dif distinction between old snow and fresh snow. Sure. <laughs> old snow at about 70%. Cloud. What, what, what do they have? Cloud. What does that mean? Reflectivity from oh, the top from the of clouds. clouds. I yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. And then fresh.
fresh snow upwards of 90%. So that gives you a sense of the, how, what the different LDL is. And that's is the reason why we saw that picture that mm-hmm. one time that they were they were testing bifacial panels versus regular panels in the middle of the snow and the bifacial panels actually melted the snow off so that they could keep running because the snow was reflecting enough energy yeah. to warm the panel from the underside okay. and melt off all the snow so that they could keep producing without the need to clean, oh, so which is a great O&M. Segway. There you go. Perfect segue. But we have to we have to do the uh, Maui news thing first. We do this have is to really do the important. Maui news. Okay. Thing. Yeah. Um, like, uh oh. Yeah, I know. You want you want you want to talk about it. Go ahead. Well, let's just uh, what we understand. Okay. So okay. Uh, the Maui news, February twenty second, two thousand nineteen. Uh, title uh, says Miko seeks to have customers pay for curtailed solar power. Total from two projects is one hundred fifty five thousand dollars for two thousand and eighteen. So what I get out of this is that those two two point eight seven megawatt AC projects. Um, that they went up by the Maui Tech Park and went out in Lahaina, that in total they uh, were not able to utilize $155,000 worth of energy. Correct, 1.4 uh, gigawatt in hour. In 2018. And so that that the, uh, the utility is basically saying to the Public Utilities Commission, hey, we shouldn't be responsible for this. It's, it, it is a loss. It's a business yeah. loss. Um, they, have a, they have a contract with the companies, these are private companies that own the actual solar farm, and they have a contract to buy a certain amount of power from them. Uh, it was curtailed, which means that they didn't use it, we didn't use it as, as, a, uh, as an, a power grid. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it is kind of a cost of doing business thing. These are older installations. I want to make very clear that the reason why we didn't use it is really because of the storage conversation. These, mm-hmm. are, like I said, these are older installations. They don't have storage. We don't have a way uh, to keep this power if we don't use it. And it's the same thing that's been going on with the wind farm. They don't have any storage. We don't have this. I see a lot of comments here. Here, well, how, how, why don't we have a big flywheel or, or pump hydro or something like that? We are working on it. Um, all of these things have have issues. I mean, if you want hydro pump storage, where are you going to put all the water? I mean, there's a lot of sacred sites up top of the West Maui's that people wouldn't particularly like to have flooded, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of water. You can't just pump a little bit into a tower somewhere and hope that will power the entire uh, island. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work that this way. Is, this um, is, this is a heck of a thing. I mean, we, it's difficult. Well, we're, we're going to have to have, uh, uh, we did reach out to Maui Electric and we are looking forward to having a robust conversation about this on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom line here is that uh, these, uh, th- we're talking about Maui Electric looking to have ratepayers cover this uh, curtailed or, uh, energy uh, cost. And that's a, that's a heck of a move. So It is. It, I've, I looked it up on the actual, the, the Miko web, Maui Electric website. Um, they have 71,000 plus customers uh, dividing that into this. If, they, if it's flat across all customers, it would be out $2.17 for each one of us. There you go. There so. you go. Okay, folks, so you heard it here. Uh, let's keep our eye on this, and then let's have that conversation hopefully on air as soon as possible so we can get the, the backstory. Yeah, we did it. reach out, but they that was this week. They didn't reply yet. Okay, I'm sure we'll hear back soon. So, okay, let's jump over to our commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Derek Chase from uh, Sun Systems, and we're going to learn all about Sun System technology, all about operating and maintenance of your solar systems. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. 
Okay, those were our wonderful sponsors. Can't thank you enough Keep for keeping on the tracks. That's the right. Solar Coaster on the tracks for you know quite a while now. We've been doing this for a bit. So okay. Jay, you got yeah, something? Yeah, before before you go into this. Okay, so I did just get a text message. Quote: It's BS to make us pay. Unquote. <laughs> to the um, point. <laughs> to <laughs> very, the point. Very, very much to the point. Thank you, caller. Um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a really frustrating conversation. You know, this, this, but is indicative of the transition of a utility to becoming a transmission system as opposed to the energy, the one-way energy provider, you know? So well, these, I, are, these, are, these are the growing pains. I think we're going to hear a lot about this over the <laughs> upcoming weeks, but I, I, I do look forward to having that uh, that opportunity to discuss with Mount Electric, hopefully here in the studio. Okay. So uh, let's jump over. We're going to have this uh, conversation with uh, Mr. Derek Chase, CEO of Sun Systems Technology, Sun System Technology. Uh, Derek, can you hear me okay? We got you on air, Derek. You there, buddy? No. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have him call back in just a second. Uh, so, part of this conversation about um, operating maintenance is is, is really I mean, nobody seems to have a good idea of what to do, right? Yeah. Um, how do you? take care of your system when no one's really told you how. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I mean, we're really talking about uh, uh, the difference between what a warranty can can protect and then sure. what is uh, what is usually sold as an additional pack of service, right? Mm-hmm. And so there there are different things here. Some of them are really clear that they stand out, you know, stand out the difference. But I mean, we're, you know, for example, cleaning your panels. That's that's right? kind of an interesting one. I mean, that, it's not part of your warranty. It literally is just this thing um, that happens, or they they get dirty over time. But you know what that does is it degrades your performance, degrades how much energy they produce. Um, they you do want to clean them every so often because it, it's dirt. I mean, you can lose 10, 15, 20 percent of your generating capacity just by being dirty. <laughs> I think we got him. I think we got him. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna give it another shot here. We're gonna give it another shot here. How we doing? How we doing? Is good? Hey, Derek, can you hear us okay this time? I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Absolutely. How you doing, my friend? Good, good. Yourself? Uh, very good, very good, very good. A lot of interesting moves out here in the uh, solar industry uh, these days. And uh, But, you know, the, the type of uh, work that you do, Derek, is kind of front and center, I think, for what's happening. Uh, it's because there's so many solar systems around the country. There's so much technology here, especially in Hawaii. And we want to know how to take care of this stuff. So what can you, can you give us a little intro and kind of give us a sense of who you are and what your company does? So, um, yeah, my name is Derek Chase. Um, started Sun System Technology about six years ago. Um, my background was in uh, quality control, commissioning, operations and maintenance, and asset management. And um, I worked for an EPC company that I've uh, been in the industry for about 12 years now, so I've definitely ridden the solar coaster. And... Um, you know, we kind of went through the evolution of we install these things and then you monitor them and then you realize there's electrical components out in nature and, you know, <laughs> things have a failure rate and things happen. Um, and as an asset manager at the time, uh, there was very few resources uh, that I could call on in terms of contractors to have my system serviced. And um, at the time, the services were, honestly, they were pretty bad. Right. Um, people... We just didn't have qualified technicians at the time. It wasn't a mature industry, um, and it kind of just got to the point to where I was like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta do this better, um, and we need to make sure that uh, the people who are making the investments in the solar systems know that there's an infrastructure there to support it at the end of the day for these things to reach their ROI." Um, and so. Around the time that I was using these uh, early operations and maintenance companies, um, I would just uh, the, the reports would take forever to get. It'd take forever to get a technician to the site. Um, and so went on a charge to go create a better solution for operations and maintenance and kind of evolved with the industry. Um, originally, we started out uh, providing just commercial and utility services and then found a niche in the residential space um, that was that was really needed at the time. Yeah. Um, because if one homeowner makes an investment um, and things don't work out for them and they can't get their service their system serviced and back online, they tell their neighbor and you know it's a it's a chain reaction. So it's we want to make sure industry, everybody yeah. feels confident that there's an infrastructure to support that. 
and uh, that's what we strive to do every day in terms of building out some system. That's excellent. Thanks so much for that explanation. And then you're 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 pretty uh, pretty big out there in the space nationally, right? You're one of the biggest companies. Did I hear that? Yeah, yeah I think uh, we're we're by far the largest uh, residential third party service provider. Um, we compete pretty well on the commercial side. I think we're you know our top five. Um, nice. We we uh, operate in 14 states. We have over 100 technicians, um, and we process about 300 3,000 work orders a month. Check that out. Um, so okay. definitely working to build a high-volume, um, capable infrastructure to service things on a bigger scale. That's really what we're, we're, we're striving at every day. Wow. So like a national, centralized kind of capability to provide long-term O&M for the residential space. I mean, that's really, that's really exciting and, and super necessary. Um, I wonder, you had mentioned something to me earlier, which I found kind of fascinating, and it was just the sheer metrics, right? You had said to me something along the lines of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's about 5 million deployed solar systems out there across the country. Was that right? Was that the number you said? Not today, but we booked by 2022. There'll be about 5 million uh, systems out there. Okay. And if you take that and you multiply it times the amount of components on site. That was now, the one. Right. Everybody's using Solar Edge and Enphase, and then right. you've got batteries and smart home stuff. You've got oh, man. chargers. All kinds of stuff. You start adding all those components in the mix, and for every one of those 5 million systems, there's probably 20 components on site. Um, so there you, you multiply go. Multiply that, and you get to even a good failure rate of three percent or less and there's still a substantial amount of work that needs to be completed this is and, this uh, is it, yeah. the way that we see it there's uh in order to fix some of these issues you've got to really have if you're an installer it's typically your best technician who can go in there and really figure out what's going on the real that sherlock holmes of the crew yeah, and uh, it's not cost-effective for installers to be deploying their top resources right. that could be installing right. systems. Yeah. So I think it makes a lot of sense to develop these specific skill sets for servicing the systems. It's like having a mechanic versus somebody in the assembly line in a manufacturing facility. Um, so we're building the mechanics of the industry. This is this, How cool is this? So you have... Uh well, arguably 100 million components out there by 2022, somewhere in that territory. And you have this, uh, it reminded me of the Brian Patterson uh, conversation, the blossoming garden of smart technology, technology right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> happening. And then, you know, and then you're also talking about really creating, uh, there's jobs here. P- the people, we, we need skilled, we need to, to train people to be able to do these things, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a job creation component to this, which is really exciting. So very good, very good. And then, um, all right, so let's, let's, Jay, how would you like to take this conversation? Is there anything you would like to hit on right away? Because I got a bunch of questions. Sure. No, just start. <laughs> there's, there's almost too, too much to discuss. And what we were talking about while, we, while you were offline for just a second is this something as simple as cleaning just doesn't get done. And I guess my first question is, like, how many people actually do maintenance and how many people just let it sit there and languish there's a fix what is that that What's one the percentage th- there's that uh, <laughs> i saw an article the other day it said uh the let it break and then fix it me- methodology is incorrect right sure, <laughs> that sure. That. Yeah. so what, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, uh derek well there's there's kind of two different soft processes on it in the commercial space where if a system's down commercial utility space if a system's down you're losing significant dollars per day um that that's where you're doing some advanced analytics. You're trying to catch these things before they happen. You're trying to uh, reduce the cost of truck rolls. The technicians are more expensive. Um, it's a more expensive truck roll, and you also need to be more prepared when you go to the site um, because the components are more on a specialty level on, right. those, on, on that that skill. So that's more operations and maintenance and kind of asset management at that level. When you get to residential, it is a little bit more of a break-fix service model. Yep. Um, you're not doing as much preventative maintenance. On the commercial side, typically we recommend to do two preventative maintenances per year. I'd say if your system's wow. over 100 kW, somebody should be checking that system out um, going into the winter and then going into your maximum production time. We should make sure those systems are optimizing, uh, performing optimally. Um, in the residential space, you can be a little bit more reactive because the cost of the power loss on a smaller right. system isn't as substantial, but you need to have an infrastructure that can get there within a decent amount of time. Two or three months to go service that is, is unacceptable. So. We try to keep our uh, response time in the residential space uh, between 10 and 15 days on a, on a large scale. 
and that's scheduling around homeowners and they may have to take work off, et cetera. So there's some, you know, and you may need replacement parts. Um, so there's, there's some variables there, and, but on the commercial side, it's, it's more like a fire department, right? Gotcha. You have way shorter turnaround times. You need guys out there within three to five days or, or even less. Cause there's significant uh, potential loss uh, for a system to be down even within a day and it could be in the thousands yeah, of exactly. dollars, right? So, okay. So let's focus in on resi because that's kind of where most people are coming from uh, on this con- conversation. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are the, some of the, I mean, um, what are some of the things that, uh, that, that, that tend to happen? What, what, I mean, what are some of the things that, 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 that can make a system go down just for, for our average homeowner that's thinking about getting solar or has solar. What are some of the things that tend to happen that you go, that you can go and fix? Well, um, with the systems today, you're, uh, you've got the monitoring component, right? So I think anybody who's installed a system knows that that's always the big hurdle to get over at the end of the day, is making sure the customer can see the production and the systems online. And so you've got a couple different components there. You've got the Locus, you've got Solar Edge, Enphase, and some different specialty monitoring systems there. So we always want to make sure the monitoring system is so we know whether the system's going to go down or not. Nothing's worse than a customer finding out, and I'm sure every installer listening has had that call of six months later, oh, yeah. the bill come, final bill comes in for the homeowner, and um, everybody's upset that they didn't know the system was down. So uh, one thing is making sure the monitoring system's online, and uh, that's working appropriately. If we get a decent amount of those calls, and if there's PPAs associated with that or leasing companies, they're missing out on potential billing, and that kind of causes stress with the homeowner not knowing if they're paying for the power produced. So if monitoring is paramount, keep that up and running. Right. Um, and then you've got your typical um, other issues with optimizers or um, um, micro-inverters or even the string inverters that just, you know, they're electronics, and they're out in the free air, and... Um, uh, you know, things fail. And so we want to get there, we want to get those things replaced, and we want to also make sure that we have the replacements on hand. We see a big potential issue down the road mm-hmm. um, of having a, a solid RMA process for the entire industry to be able to turn those things around quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're right. looking to, to improve the management of that going forward as well. Okay, so you've got communications, you've got inversion. Uh, we had talked a little bit about cleaning of panels. Is that do you consider that part of this conversation, or is that separate? Uh, cleaning the panels is just as important. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, performance loss there, um, but on a residential system, it's tough to dictate whether a truck roll to the site is worth that production level, or whether the rain will take care of it. So right. that's kind of um, you know, if it's a flat installed system, you're probably going to have some issues. You want mm-hmm. to make sure you've got your system tilted, um, so nature can kind of take care of things. But there's still definitely an issue there. Um, I know in the States and even in the, the Northeast, critters are a big deal. Oh, yeah. So we, we have do a critters. lot of critter guard installation and cleaning up after, uh, you know, pigeons go set up shop or squirrels are in there chilling on wires. Um, that's that's actually a pretty big deal. So, um, you know, we install a lot of critter guards to try to keep those things out, and that saves a lot of money long term. So uh, let me ask you this, uh, Derek. So yeah. a homeowner might say, well, hey, I got a solar system. I have a warranty. Why do I need O&M? Yeah, well, there's a couple different reasons, right? So if you look at the way that the market's been segmented or segregated, you have uh, sales. Um, entities, and then you have installers, yep. um, and sometimes you may not, one group may sell it to you, the other group may install it. Also, being an installer is a tough business, and there's low margins, and it's highly competitive, and um, any new startup, I mean, for somebody to last 10 years in business is a, is a feat on its own, um, so sometimes these companies go out of business. Right. And... Um, so making sure that there's a viable infrastructure to support all of this at the end of the day and not saying that we're going to rely on somebody to provide a 10-year warranty on these right. um, is, is really what we're all about and making sure that that customer can uh, find somebody to make a phone call to and get the service they need in a, in a short amount of time. Thanks for that. Of course, I, I understood it to be the case. I just wanted to hear it right directly from you yeah. because, you know, <laughs> it's really, it's absolutely critical. From an installer's perspective, mm-hmm. I can say that the uh, being able to uh, package in perhaps an operating and maintenance 
uh, part of this at the at the outset of a of a of a, pro a project can be very helpful to not only the client but also to the installer, yeah. right? Yeah. For all the reasons that, that Derek just kind of brought to light, right? It's very tough for an, an installer to have all that expertise and be able to handle all this stuff and do it quickly at the same time as what the job is, which is you know um, you know uh, selling, canvassing, selling, designing, installing uh, systems, right? Yeah. So that um, to be able to have a uh, you know a company that has that expertise to be able to do the operating and maintenance side of this and be able to respond you know, effectively, and, and that's their core goal, is a tremendous uh, uh, asset to the installation community. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, as well as to the, uh, the the homeowners providing that credibility that you just said it. You know, your average company to survive ten years is pretty tough. I read a metric. I don't know if this is right, but something like five percent of companies can make it to ten years. You know, mm -hmm. if you think about uh, the installation community, uh, working solar installation community, this is a particularly volatile industry, right? Yeah. So it's probably even more competitive and difficult to do that. So it's it really, to, in my mind, as a fellow that's been in this industry for a bit, I, I'm very excited about seeing these uh, these operating and maintenance companies come into play, being there be, to support the backbone, the, the long term kind of of this whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to corner you. Uh oh, oh geez. here we go. Go <laughs> for it. For, for our residential mm -hmm. customer, I, mean, how, I don't need a good ballpark it for me. Yeah. How much is it going to cost? What is an op? O&M contract on a maintenance contract cost. What's it going to add to the for, overall to project? The overall, because this is going to factor into that ROI. I mean, you're going to keep the system running more efficiently, better over time, but there's still a cost associated with it. And if you want to figure out when you're going to pay off your system, you're going to need to know. Sure, so. sure. I think it's going to be a no-brainer, actually, the numbers. But Derek, yeah. do you have any uh, thing you can get some guidance you can give us on costing? Yeah, definitely. So we've got a we've got a pretty cool product we developed um, that we've partnered with. Uh, Mosaic and a lot of the loan companies these days. Where I saw that. Congratulations! I was just reading that. <laughs> nice. That's a big <laughs> the deal. Customers gonna have to, you know, they own the system. They're gonna be responsible for these. So, um, the way we tailored this product was really after kind of AAA was, you know, the history of AAA. They yeah. started as a car club to protect consumers, and so our product uh, it starts at you, you build it into the loan. Um, so if you're using Mosaic or Dividend, um, you could build, build finance it right into your loan, and it's $600. And what that does, you also get the tax credit on it. Um, so that, that nets out at about nice. $400, plus you're paying monthly. So it's like a little bit over a buck a month for the end consumer. Um, so it's very affordable, oh, yeah. and it's really straightforward. And so what we do, uh, it's kind of like AAA. Like, they'll come pick you up. Uh, if your car breaks down, and they'll tell you, you know, 50 miles to a good spot, but they're not going to fix your transmission, right? Um, so what we do is, uh, along with that, you get lifetime customer support. So if your bills lag or if the installer's out of business or whatever the deal is, you just need some questions answered or some technical support, you call us, we'll take care of you. And it also has one built-in service call to it. So we'll come out to your house, we'll diagnose the issue, we'll fix it if possible, or we'll issue an RMA. Um, and we'll come out and get your system back up and running. And then along with that, you get ongoing discounts with your service as you continue to own your system. This is great. This is great. Jerry, I got something interesting for you here. So what I just heard was about $600. It's mitigated by tax credits. You partner with Mosaic and Dividend and all these other financing companies, so it's wrapped into your loan. It's only, so it's it's really only easy. mitigated by tax credits when you do it as part of that initial purchase. That's probably right. That's right. But yes. uh, I'm not a taxpayer, <laughs> so I'm not going to get in. Okay. But I want to I share something with you. Derek, I know it's, um, we actually just had a AAA experience uh, Friday. Or was it uh, uh, Sunday, I guess? And uh, it, we were with a friend. We were coming back from uh, Lanai. And we got back to the parking lot after a weekend, and uh, her car was down. The battery was down. So we called up AAA, and AAA said, uh, we'd like to thank you, Mrs. X, right, for your 49 years of loyalty. Right, because she had had AAA for 49 years, and I thought to myself, can you imagine if uh, you're able to provide that kind of a call to someone, uh, Derek? 49 years from now, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mrs. So and So. Your uh, solar system has been running for 49 years. We'd like to thank you for your loyalty, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and all the power. <laughs> and like all that. the power. <laughs> so, um, pretty exciting to think that, that that that's the model that you've you've utilized. And I can see, I mean, from my perspective, it's just tremendously valuable. And I'm really excited to see this kind of uh, out here in Hawaii. Are you in Hawaii presently, or you, what's your game plan for Hawaii? Yeah, we service Hawaii, uh, Maui, and uh, the Big Island. Um, it, it's uh, obviously it's a difficult climate to uh, service between all the different islands and the developing infrastructure, but there's definitely a need there, right? If, if there's power, if there ever was a value to providing service and keeping systems running, I think the maximum value is is on the islands there. So um, 
we're continuing to expand. We we service a lot of commercial systems. I've I've been on Maui and probably right near you guys. Built a couple megawatts up in the hills there. Nice. Um, so so definitely love it there and um, want to continue to make sure systems are running appropriately and performing as they should. Okay, well, Derek, we can't thank you enough for coming on air with us here at the Solar Coaster in Maui, and we really appreciate your time and uh, and, the, and the and the business that you're doing is really critical and it's clear to me. So, do you have any last message for our our, uh, our uh, listeners before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, everybody who's out there installing, if you are an installer, there's a long-term career in service and maintenance, you know, definitely give us a call or you know, if you're going to start something up, that's great too. Give us a call. We'll help you do that. But at the end of the day. It's really important for all of us to make sure that these customers are taken care of and people aren't waiting too long on their service. We need positive, uh, you know, reviews from from our neighbors to continue to deploy solar. We've got such a low percentage of deployment of solar that we've got a long ways to go and we've got to keep these systems up and running and continue, uh, you know, the consumer confidence that we've created. Absolutely. Well, thanks very much for that, Derek. It's been Derek Chase from Sun System Technology. We'll look forward to getting you uh, in the studio one of these days when you're out here in Maui. Good enough. Thank you guys so much. Love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. All right. Yeah, so that's Sun System Technology. If you want to know more, go to sstsolar.com. That's sstsolar.com. And read all about it. There you go. Hey, we (laughs) promised that we were going to do a new segment. We're going to work on doing a money segment. I have titled it Money, Money, Money. It's an investment and finance segment towards the tail end of the show. And uh, a good friend of ours, I don't think, uh, do you want to say his name? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Jason Fellerman uh, put together a, a list of some of the cool things that are happening Entirely in the fi- too many finance world. In the solar <laughs> and we, we, we're, we're, we're just getting started on this, but we're looking at uh, breaking this down and get, providing some visibility for people that want to invest in the renewable energy uh, industry. How can they go about doing that? How can they discern the different what sectors and sections, right? right? Um, so we're going to have a, a section within this uh, called official cap investment. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to have a stock section and a business news section and a knowledge base section. We're going to try to do something like this within about three minutes. But in the, st- in the stock section, Jay, do you want to add a little bit before? You know, get new Just go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, the, the concept here really is to be able to look at uh, some of the different indices out there. And it can be broken down into, for example, manufacturer stocks, developer stocks, renewable uh, and uh, research and development kind of areas, right? So as an example, uh, right now, Sunrun is up uh, throughout the year. And I think this, uh, I'm not sure the, the, the link here, but uh, they're up something like 73%. And that's an example of a, a developer, what I would call a developer. But in, you took a little in, issue installer, with installer. A developer sounds more like someone who actually builds houses. Mm-hmm. I, I can see them developing like a large solar farm, but that's that's utility scale type of stuff. Um, so it depends on what you're talking about. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so there are a couple of other ones here. Uh, the Kensho Clean Index, Clean Tech Index, is one that uh, uh, we're going to take a look at over time. And this is the uh, is designed to measure the performance of companies focusing on building technologies or products that enable generation of energy in a clean manner. That's a separate uh, type of uh, section that we'll explore. Yeah, it is, uh, it is an index shows. fund, uh, ticker symbol K, Clean P. Right, 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 right. So uh, looking forward to digging into that in uh, show by show. Uh, moving forward, thank you, Jason, for those notes. Uh, hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. Uh, we are sponsored by uh, Sundrum Solar, uh, LG Chem, LG Chem <laughs> and a bunch of other great uh, companies out there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the show today.